I was clapping cheeks at three. Welcome to Talking Sons, the buffest podcast about Dungeons and Daddies made by fans of the show. Dungeons and Daddies is a podcast about four dads who are teleported to the fantasy realm to reclaim their sons. This isn't that podcast. You should go listen to it because we don't care about spoilers and we'll spoil everything. Talking Sons Community Edition, Episode 3, The Dads of Dadas. The music goes here. Bidang. Hi, my name is Jamie, and my dad fact is that I want to be a trust fund baby. That is my main goal in life right now. So, you know, all of my ambitions, everyone's like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, yeah, trust fund baby. It's not working out, though, so. Oh, don't give up on your dreams. There's still time. Yeah. Uh, hi, my name is Steph. I'm better known as the Steph Box. My dad fact is that this nickname comes from a guy who had a crush on me and pasted a picture of my modeling shoot on his Xbox so he could try to play me. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? No, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Oof. That was fun. Uh, he got even madder when I found out about it and changed it to my name on everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what I do, I am a, a photographer for S&M Photography, uh, also known as Boxy Studios. And it's not that kind of S&M, but uh, we do a lot of cool photos. Uh, let me see. Oh, yeah. I'm also in tech support. So every day I die uh, a little inside. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, um, hi, I'm Kelly. And my dad fact is that I don't have a good dad fact this week. Um, oh, no. I know. I did make myself a breakfast sandwich for dinner and I feel like a rebel, but it's also the first time I've cooked in a long time. So it was just me being lazy. It's a Brinner. Oh, Brinner is my favorite thing. Nice. Tish, go. Go, Tish. Go. <laughs> Hi, my name is Tish, and my dad fact is I just took a BDSM test, and it turns out I'm a hundred percent rope bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you gotta link me to this. I gotta know. I have to know what I am. Kelly has it. Beautiful. Uh, I am a health services researcher. That's not really pertinent to this, but I enjoy this show so much that I just wanted to come talk about it. So episode three, possibly, I think the episode that really tipped me over from, oh, you know, this is this is a fun, you know, D&D podcast to, oh my God, I love these crazy fucking weirdos who make this show. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Like, I feel like that this was the episode where the personality of the group really gelled together to, like, just find a common cause and fucking over Anthony. Absolutely. Like, one of my favorite parts of these kind of podcasts is people bringing in, like, absolutely random, bizarre tangent details from our universe and start to put them into, you know, the fiction. And bringing in Boreanas is Mm -hmm. just... Yeah, yeah. We got to see Boreanas, and he is a fixture in Neverwinter to this very day. You know, he was in the last episode. I love it. Uh, last episode being what, 26? Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this the first time we actually hear Beth become a character in the podcast? 
because Ron, in Beth's voice, gets a little excited for Boreana's. And then Ron corrects and says, well, I have a friend who would be very yeah. Yes. In yes. Oh, Thirsty wow. Beth May strikes again. But I can't blame her mm-hmm. because, for real, if we're talking about, like, prime David Boreana's, oh, yeah, I can't blame her. I was going to say, are we here for the whole discussion about when that is? Because they started to get into it and then didn't spend the rest of the episode on it. And, I mean, it's their show. That's fine. Oh, like maybe Angel season three is prime for me. Yeah. But he was still pretty hot and bones. He really Until was. like the later years. Yeah. You know, like towards the end, I felt like he got, he was still hot, but just a little bit less. Like really embrace that like dad Thor bod, you know? Yeah. Where maybe like the studio stopped paying for the personal trainer because he wasn't taking his shirt off all the time. Yeah, later Bones, I just felt like he seemed bored, and that wasn't as attractive. Well, I feel like that definitely was the case. Yeah. But The Finder, I'm still mad that The Finder was canceled. I'm not going to lie. The Bones spinoff, ugh, I'm still angry about it. What a stupid ending. <laughs> it was bad for a backdoor pilot. I mean, the premise was kind of, you know... You understand the whole thing in two minutes and you wonder how they're going to drag 42 more out of it. But, you know, they had a good cast. Interesting setting. Yeah, the cast was really cool. So pretend that I'm someone who's never seen, what is it, The Finder? The Keeper? What is it? Finder. (laughs) The Finder. (laughs) literally just said it like three times. No, pretend that we're people who haven't seen The Finder, but you have. And tell us what it's about. (laughs) So it is about a guy who just kind of walks into a bar and he's like, oh, has anyone seen my keys? Oh, yep. There they are right there. And then it's just like, you know, freeze frame on his smile. It's like the finder. Hold on. No, 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 no. It's like obscure, weird things like I lost my dog tags in Iraq and I really, really want to find them. So he goes and searches the deserts of Iraq and somehow manages to find this tiny little dog tag. So this is David Boreanaz doing this? Yeah, the actual premise is this guy has MacGuffin retrieval abilities. And so every episode is him basically being, don't worry about it, he's not Sherlock Holmes. And (laughs) finding stuff that people need to, like, solve all their emotional issues. Okay, so if he took this BDSS, then he would be a dog. (laughs) Yeah, that's a... Pet play. (laughs) So he's essentially my wife, because every time that I like look in the pantry and it's like, hey, I can't find something. And she's like, it's in there. It's totally not until she like gets up and pulls it out for me. And it's just like I, it, it wasn't there. You made it magically. So I have a deal going now with my husband and daughter where when they ask me where something is, I say, if I find it within 30 seconds of walking in the room, what are you going to give me? And <laughs> you know what? They go look again. Well, I mean, to be fair. Most of the time that I can't find something, it's because she moved it. Uh, huh. mm-hmm. yeah. That sounds fake, though. Some things just go missing, but sometimes you need a little incentive. <laughs> All right. Moving on to episode three, The Lord of Chaos. Dad's entered Neverwinter, uh, found the doodler as tapestries. That was the cliffhanger at the end of the last episode. Then they pulled over and took a nap and unsurprisingly woke right. up to be right. surrounded by guards. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, I don't know where they think they are. They seriously drive through the gates and take a nap. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good on you, Anthony. Don't let them do that. Hey, I don't know about you guys. Like I grew up commuting and I can't tell you how many times like I'm driving from the tip of Southern California. Like I live near Bakersfield and Fresno. So like the weird valley area. So I drive south all the time to like LA and beyond. And I'm not going to lie. There are so many times where I've literally pulled off on the side of the road and took a cat nap. So I could drive home all the way. Oh, yeah. A car nap is the nap. That is valid. But I mean, like. But the fact that they did it like right inside the gates. <laughs> basically in the middle of a conversation with the guards. Yes. Yeah. Like, do you like pay your toll or like drive right past the <laughs> welcome to L.A. sign and then pull over to take a nap? No, because people would actively beat me up if I tried that out on the Bay Bridge. I mean, seriously, 10 feet away from the gate is still a high traffic area and they just take up all that real estate like there's nothing going on in Neverwinter. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's par for the course and it kind of, you know, we, we've come to love and expect that from our dear friends. Yeah. <laughs> and the only reason they had to take the short rest is because... Will was relentlessly dad joking them. That's true, but I also want to point out Beth and Freddie having a giggle fit over Anthony saying that there were bird people hawking their wares. Yes. And they cannot drop it, and he makes them roll a d6. <laughs> that Beth then rolls a nine on. So yeah. That is big daddy status right there. Roll a d6. That's the equivalent of like pulling up to McDonald's with your kids in the car, ordering a black coffee and then driving off. <laughs> Can't say I haven't done it. What? I mean. Damn. Damn. <laughs> okay, so my kids are like super sarcastic, just like me, but they're very witty and they are super sarcastic all the time. And now they're at the age where if I'm not looking at them in the face when they're talking, I get super pissed off until I look at their face and see like troll.exe running across their brain. Uh... <laughs> so it becomes mildly problematic. So I get it. Anthony is not a dad, but definitely in dad status mm -hmm. yeah. dad he's, he's in the sure. dad headspace yeah he should get to claim them on his taxes as dependents either way maybe but he does a terrible job of corralling them let's be honest <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah everything gets derailed very quickly if i could claim my players as dependents on my taxes yeah I, I'd, I'd understand so irs if you're listening players need to be dependents i mean it helps that you play with your kids Yes. That's true. I run a campaign with my kids. I do claim them on my taxes, so it can be done. So we've already discussed Boreanaz. Wait, 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 wait. Another one of my favorite parts of the episode, uh, before we get on to the next big thing, is Daryl rolling the Nat 20 to put on the child's t-shirt. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. And how he gets flustered when he meets Boreanaz and... Then he had to roll again to keep oh, the shirt on it was after he had the Charleston chew and he snuck mm -hmm. it. I loved that part. That was yes. very good. Yeah, I mean, I knew a guy who like, you know, he's a guy who should be wearing a large size T-shirt, but he was always in mediums. And it got to the point that any time <laughs> that we were in a situation where there were like children's clothing, they would hand him like a 3T shirt or whatever, like a little toddler shirt and be like, oh, this is your size, right? I know you like them small. <laughs> Damn, people are just harsh. 
I was going to say, in that discussion, and yeah, this is one of the first times I was like, okay, this show is really hooking me, is the discussion about what a hermit crab is, <laughs> and then the guard calling it a hobo crab when he says it back to them. Yes. So good. So many levels to what Anthony's doing. Nothing made me yearn for hobo crabs more. I need to have a hobo crab at some point in my life. Like for dinner with butter? No, just as a pet. Yeah. I want a hobo crab. I can probably claim that on my taxes, too. I bet it would go well with beans. <laughs> with what? I'm sorry. Beans. Did you say beans? Like legumes? Beans in a can. Yeah. you know. Oh, my God. Like <laughs> Dennis the Menace style <laughs> hobo with a can of beans. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got it. I got it. Just, oh, man. You really, you really had your arms outstretched for that. I was super reaching for that when I was on my tippy toes for that joke. And I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> um... So, the sex pit. So the sex the pit. The sex pit. And then the, the fuck pit and the fight pit. Mm-hmm. So, first off, I mean, Anthony definitely had a combat scenario set up for the fight pit. But what do you think he would have done had the dads gone down and be like, we well, want to oppress the Lord of Chaos here? I, th- I, I think that it would have been like multiple assailants and it was gonna be wild and he, i mean the rules that he was framing at first were going to be a very interesting way of deciding who fights where well no 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 that's that's the the fight pit i mean but what about the sex pit? okay thank you i'm like am i that bad i thought he's oh, you hold on you mean if they went into the sex pit to impress the lord of chaos yeah yeah like okay but jamie you didn't oh, say that jesus jamie said that <laughs> We're gonna i thought he said if that. they go uh, down in the pit i'm sorry so yeah if, okay, they, okay, if they descended okay. into the sex pit uh, it, like, do you think that he had like unarmed combat scenarios set out, like high impact cuddling? High impact cuddling. <laughs> I think it was purely an Anthony said, "I'll do a sex pit." They'll do something stupid, and knew that he could just roll with it. I don't really think these guys would have gone that far with it because I think it's way too early for that kind of thing to work <laughs> very comedically because you don't know the characters that well. Like, it's funny that it exists and they react to it. Au contraire. I think that's how you get to know somebody, really. I Let's be honest. If you're, like, in the throes of passion or awkward passion and you're canoodling, and who's the best canoodler? Like, who can cuddle the best? Just say fuck. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So, okay. Which dad is the best cuddler? <laughs> Uh, the best cuddler would have to be Henry. Henry Oak. Yeah. Hands down. You can fight me. I'll give you my address and we can fight if you disagree. <laughs> like, I think Daryl would become a better cuddler with, like, some guidance. Yes. I don't think that he has a lot of warmth. Is Mercedes on the table? Ooh, girl. Ooh, girl. She trained Henry right. Well, but what about, what about Ron? You know, clearly Ron fucks. Ron definitely fucks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's what the F stands for. Rod would totally be Little Spoon, though. Uh, Ron makes love. Canonically. Or is, or is he a Ron does not pack. fuck. Ron makes love. <laughs> but we know the truth. Come on now. <laughs> okay, so they also brought up the fact uh, they wanted to talk about Ding Dong size, remember? So, mm-hmm. like... They wanted to roll for it. That was a later episode, though. Oh, that's true. Sorry, my bad. 
Next this step. was okay. just Ron saying that he had a massive donger. Yeah, it yeah. was disproportionate. A tiny body and a huge ding dong. <laughs> and also, Ron's 50 pairs of pants did not make an appearance this episode. Yeah, he just kind of stripped off his pants and it, he no, didn't make a he comment didn't about it. strip, though, I thought. No, they only took off one pair of pants, I thought. Yeah, he was oh. wearing apparently what, like super hot boxers, like me undies or something. Oh, that's yeah. right. Right, 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 right. Didn't they say like cool dad or cool dude or something? Yeah. Yeah, the me undies, and then they go on the riff about the pit having a square space in it and stuff. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, um, they were about to play Anthony's fighting game, which we'll talk about later. And then they got naked. And yeah, because that was the solution. It totally was, though. It worked for them because I feel like that that was the greatest reveal. Like, I feel like that was a make or break moment for this podcast and it absolutely made it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think the lack of character reasoning that went into, all right, we got to go fight. You know what? Let's just fucking get naked. Gladiator, let's do it. 300 style. (laughs) Look at my dong. That's exactly what happened. I can kind of see it, though, from like Matt's perspective, because he keyed into Anthony saying, oh, yeah, the Lord of Chaos was actively not looking at the sex pit. Yeah. And Daryl's going to pick up on people being uncomfortable with sex. Weird. Yeah. He w- but I mean, that laser focus he had on the sex in the first place, like he only recognized. What dog? Like, that one. There's a dog in there? okay so i wonder if henry just felt betrayed after daryl chucked him into the sex pit (laughs) do you think that affected their relationship at all probably henry seems like he would need a lot of validation he's he definitely has a praise kink (laughs) oh honey you're doing such a good job Stop. Uh, Normally, these two will fight like wild, right? When they are not on the same page about what needs to happen next as an action for the group. So this is a slightly different dynamic for them that Daryl just takes off. And then when Henry makes everybody buddies, he doesn't even put the two of them together. Then Ron and Glenn are like, should we get our buddies? No. Nah, they're good. I think Henry has realistic expectations of Daryl's ability to focus on not breaking people. Henry broke his own buddy rule, though. Daryl wanted to Mm -hmm. go into the sex pit and he didn't want to follow him. Mm -hmm. He broke his rule. He did. So maybe he deserved to be pushed into the sex pit. Yeah, I think he definitely deserved that. uh, How much damage was it? I think it was only like one or two points. It wasn't a lot, was it? No, I think it was just like some fall damage. Yeah. Maybe cushioned by naked bodies. Oof, oof. Please don't. No. They could have been fluffy and wet. He could have just slipped and slided to safety. Oh my god. What? Sorry, I'm really sorry I said that. I'm so sorry. That was worse. (laughs) That made it all worse. You're welcome. Oh my god. And then... Larkin uh, Larkin Chaos. Uh, Larkin Sparrow. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong, but you're not specific. Yeah. But Larkin Sparrow revealing themselves to be the Lord of Chaos was extremely good. Yes. Mm -hmm. As soon as Anthony said that the hooded ring... ring, Oh my gosh, how do you say that? Ring (laughs) way... Ring There's no W, only in the written one. I'm too high for this. Yes. Bring the chaos. I'm so sorry. 
the ring wraith looking fellow was not looking in the fuck pit made me immediately think that it was like some 10 year old kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my God. I got through it, guys. Yes. Yes. I'm happy. Hooray. See, as soon as Anthony got really upset at like describing what happened after they stripped down in front of the Lord of Chaos, <laughs> it clicked and I went, oh, oh no. Oh no, 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 no. Because I don't know about you. But I've had that moment where I've accidentally walked in on something I surely would love to bleach from my eyes. And it's uh, it's mildly traumatic. So I can only imagine the damage that Larkin Sparrow like experienced. Because it's bad to see your father naked. But to see your father and his friends naked together? Yeah, that's fucked up. You that's know that Larkin Sparrow are going to go to Mercedes and be like, well... We know the truth. Hello, mother. I feel like Henry walks around naked more than we're giving him credit for. That's a dirty hippie boy. (laughs) I think he walked around with a loincloth. Maybe, Oh, God. He definitely has sunned his butthole, though. They know the truth, and the truth is hairy and fleshy. Yep. (laughs) Gross. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, well, since you opened that can of worms, I feel... Put it back. Put uh, it back. (laughs) Too late. If I were to choose body hair, I feel that Daryl would be like a burly bear, just hairy everywhere. And Henry <laughs> Henry would be like long hairy, you know, like never shaved Oof. it, never trimmed it, which ew. Uh, ew. I feel like Glenn probably like waxes it. <laughs> uh, and I feel like Ron probably like started to shave half of his leg freaked out and just left it that way and it never grew back in yeah and it just never grew now now it's just patches in in one leg so no what happened was because you know that old wives tale where if you shave it it gets thicker so he shaved one leg and then it grew back thicker and the other one is still relatively hairless by comparison Okay, that's fair. I can accept that as an answer. Yeah, it's a it's a Ron way of being. So where did this sex pit come from, though? Because if... No, the pits were already there. I think maybe they converted it. I think that there was always, like, a gladiator pit, and maybe the second one was for, you know, Truchosaurus. I don't know. Who knows? I, I don't know if it's always been a sex pit, but that's possible, because never winter seems, like, very uh, sexually progressive and like, sexually positive. Like, super sex positive city. <laughs> so maybe they were both fuck pits. Yeah. Maybe they were both fuck pits, and Larkin Sparrow saw it and they're like, oh, this will not do. And they said, we would prefer to see fighting, you know, and then just. <laughs> they aren't fighting. Right. <laughs> but people in both pits have sponsors. So either anything that's new to Neverwinter has to be like from a franchise. Okay. but So are there like stickers on their butts? No, they had T-shirts like the, the they had fuck sponsors. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're like nude shirts, like the pantyhose shirts that you can put on, you know, oh, to make it look like you have tattoos. Yeah, like a, a soccer pin. Yeah, it's just new tattoos every time they switch sponsors. Oof. Oh, that would be so uncomfortable. Like if it's a marathon, if that's how you battle in the fuck pit, you just go and go and go. <laughs> you get so sweaty. Like, I don't know if you've oh, ever. No, worn no, no, don't don't fuck with a fresh tattoo. I mean, agreed. Like, 
be careful. <laughs> if it's like a sheer pantyhose kind of deal and those are the shirts so it looks like they're totally naked, mm-hmm. that would be so gross. Like super sweaty and every crack roll and orifice. Ew. Speaking of long-term performance, like you would have to admit that like Gatorade <laughs> would be like a super sponsor for this. Like if they would have spent more time, like you could picture like actual mm-hmm. gators running around with like jugs of water, right? Definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. Chucking coconuts. Chucking open coconuts at people, because that is a great method of hydration, just FYI. High impact hydration. (laughs) Oh, my God. Ah, they were knocked out. I'm sorry. That's too bad. (laughs) But look, they're still erect. Good on you. One extra point. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, it could be an endurance thing, or it could be like a roller derby thing, or it's like how many of your opponents you lap or whatever and hold on so are you trying to bang your competitors out of the ring what's going on here yes expand please you're you're, you're trying to pelvic (laughs) thrust them out of bounds it's a sword fight it's like that game in Wii Sports with the foam swords (laughs) hold on let me swing my large breasts at you and whack you out yes I love it come down to the sex pit and see sword fighting (laughs) I'm into it I love it. This oh my god. We saw one thing in the sex pit, and it was the half elf and the half orc scissoring and inviting Henry in, and when he was uncomfortable, explaining it was consensual, which is a lot of groundwork to lay in one encounter. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's all we know. Yep. Oh my god. So do you oh. guys think that the bleeding elf like lost in the fuck pit and that's why they're bleeding? profusely oh that's like a fantasy std right there he may have faux pod ew 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 ew. fantasy std i like that better yeah they don't have antibiotics there i mean they've got plants here let me shove this ivy into your hoo-ha that should fix everything i'm told that that makes everything better (laughs) leave it in for one full moon There's also, like, cure sickness and whatever. There's gotta be, like... There's magic. Yeah. But does magic cover STIs, though? Magic covers diseases, so... Yeah. Unless it's a magical disease. Right, right, right. No, you can remove curse. There's all sorts of things. The Bleeding Elf just felt so much like when you used to watch Looney Tunes and they'd be doing a parody of some actor from the 30s and you had no idea who it was. And you're like, there's just a whole story here and it's gone. It's in the rearview mirror already. What was that about? Uh, You know, my initial thought was that it was supposed to be like an inn name because in medieval times they used to have inn and tavern signs where pictures of something like the rooster. Uh-huh. And so because a lot of people like couldn't the Saracen's read. head or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, you know, a severed head and it was the Saracen's head. Mm-hmm. And that was just how you identified the tavern. If there was more than one tavern in town, that would also explain why it would be a landmark. He could have been scam likely trying to fuck with the entire town and establish himself as a long term resident. That's how he votes. I like it how they gave him a Charleston chew. And that somehow yeah. attached scam likely. Mm, delectable. Yeah, th- that's where delectable comes in. And that is what appears to be Anthony's catchphrase for scam and Nikki's oh. favorite thing to imitate. Maybe he was trying to judge their um... worthiness. Yeah, worthiness. 
Or maybe he was looking for scam students for a scam school. Definitely. He was running some completely different grift, and they just happened to cross paths, and he scammed them out of a candy bar. Yeah. Which Henry was just throwing those things around like they had an infinite supply as soon as he got in charge of them. Oh, that was a bad choice. Hey, you don't know Daryl's truth. You don't know how big that stash was. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so here's the story. I went to Gatorland. What? Gatorland? It's a place where they have gators and land, so they named it Gatorland. Amazing. But in one of the gift shops, they were selling large Charleston shoes, and so I bought some. Mm-hmm. And I was vibing pretty hard. So my wife was like, oh, Charleston shoes, you should buy some. And I was like, yeah, I totally should. And now I am terrified of them because I remember what it's like to actually eat a Charleston chew. And when the elf or who is it, CERN or whoever was just like, yeah, it's not that good. <laughs> he was totally right. No. Oh, God, no, they're absolutely from a completely different era of candy manufacturing standard. And yeah. what was the most sugar you'd ever get in a season? <laughs> <laughs> they're good frozen though yeah i would stick mine in freezers yeah that that's good they shatter everyone says you should try them frozen and it actually says on the wrapper here try frozen exclamation point as in like these should not be served at room temperature <laughs> oh no absolutely. i was gonna say did you follow orders <laughs> I haven't opened at them. They do make tiny ones, which I think would be more helpful as someone who's done some like operant conditioning of rats and such. You can't give Daryl a whole Charleston chew full size. He's going to get just fed up like a hawk. Those things are huge. Yeah. He's going to have no incentive to behave and not leap into sex pits and such. He's got to get the little ones. Although I do have to wonder because the ones that I bought, I did notice that in like the little round container that they had it was like one of those little buckets uh they had strawberry Mm -hmm. chocolatey it's not chocolate it's chocolatey and (laughs) vanilla flavor Mm -hmm. um what type of charleston chew do you think daryl is packing original that's a pretty vanilla guy i say strawberry immediate psychopath he does some wonky things like we don't know daryl's truth he could be a, a really whole serial killer i mean you're not wrong He could be. That was such a take. I just froze. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm saying vanilla. That feels right for Daryl. They are also the ones that are, sorry, among many things. So Kelly was like, you do a podcast. I'm like, Kelly, I do a lot of shit. One of the (laughs) things that I'm very interested in is hyper regional and ancient candy, like the stuff that's not Hershey and Mars at this point. Yes. And Charleston Chews, you can pretty much fine nationally but i'm really impressed that you actually found the (laughs) the brown flavored ones and strawberry because normally a grocery store that's like not the most expensive grocery store in town will have charleston choose vanilla on like a bottom shelf but you don't see the other flavors very much like you know three musketeers used to be like that but but you see really I, i i found these at um gatorland so I traveled back in time yeah. to the 1950s. For roadside attractions. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Yeah, that would explain a lot. <laughs> and bringing it back so that way Agnity doesn't have to put 20 minutes on the cutting room floor. Sorry. And now a word from our sponsor. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. A single day exclusive. Come on down and get down at Ankara's Pit of Myriad Delights. 
test your endurance, strength, or your sexual prowess in either of our pits in order to please our Lord of Chaos. Watch combatants fight Trichosaurus to the death. Kids are half off, and it's fun for the entire family. Together, we can bring about a sexy, new, consensual world where we summon the Doodler together. Act quickly because spots are filling up fast. In more ways than one. Wink, wink. Wink, wink! Yeah, I'm totally going to see that, aren't you guys? I mean, I bought my ticket and I'm ready for my kid to get half price in there. Yep, yep. It it sounds like something that's fun for the whole family. Maybe just not the whole family all at once. Yeah, fair. I might just try my luck in the fuck pit. Why not? You only live once unless you have a necromancer in your party and then you can live infinitely. So let's go. Oh, boy. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. And uh, moving on to a community episode exclusive, uh, making friends with the Sun Squad. Here, we're going to create a character or item that we will submit via the Patreon character submission form. Does anyone have anything that they that they want to talk about? Or I think I think item would be good. Okay, so mm-hmm. for an item, um, like there's a whole lot of like item based tropes, though, like you can hang a lampshade on something. And if you hang a lampshade on it, then <gasps> it no longer is nonsense. I feel like it shouldn't be helpful. Like it should secretly be something that could sabotage them (laughs) just because I'm mean. (laughs) Okay. So it's like, it's a cursed lampshade. Yeah. Plus, plus three to stealth minus 10 to charisma. (laughs) (laughs) What if you can use it to override Anthony saying that such and such doesn't exist in the universe? You're like, yes, it does. I'm going to hang a lampshade on it. Ooh. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> How about this? Because it makes like the ideas not matter anymore. It's a combat weapon where if you manage to hang it on someone's head, they get like some sort of a bonus for a round or two because you're you're paying attention to it. And then they just kind of are no longer participants in combat at all. Or they just get disadvantaged for the next whatever rounds. Okay. That's a nice overlap with the classic three stooges looney tunes type move of putting a lampshade on your head and pretending to be a lamp i like they become that oh my god so does it give a bonus to stealth or does it make you drunk because like dancing naked with a lampshade on your head is like an old 70s thing oh my god you're right both it depends on who it is Maybe you have to pass a wisdom saving throw, and if you mm. don't, then you're drunk and have the lampshade. And if you do, you're concealed <laughs> as a strange, yes. strange lamp. Yes. It gives a bonus to charisma and stealth checks. Oh so if you fail the stealth check, then you go, is is that a fucking person with a lampshade? And you go, no, I'm not. And they're like, well, you'd know. And they're naked. <laughs> no. It has do, to be all Do we need conditions. to give them any more reasons to get nude in front of their kids? Yeah, but I mean, it's been a while, so... <laughs> We're like okay, a year fine, out fine. on this. Advantage rolls if nude. There you go. Ah. So what do we want to call this? Lampshade of blank or blank lampshade? Hangable lampshade? Hangable or bangable? Oh my god, I was oh. saying the first one for once, but... But the second one does sound fun. Interesting. I think the second one sounds really fun. It's the bangable lampshade. Yeah, the lampshade of too many martinis. Too many martinis? Too many martinis? <laughs> I'm making that 1940s cocktail napkin pull right now. Oh my gosh. 
That's amazing. Those are some strong Hildy vibes. I'm into it. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> so that's going to be submitted. Okay. Uh, for the discussion topic of this episode, the dads completely bailed on Anthony's fight pit. But what if they didn't? What did you think that it could have been? A lot of panicking. Mm, yeah, a lot of panicking. But also remember the mechanism that Anthony used later in terms of having convincing discussions like with Terry Jr. Of, OK, you've got three rolls left. And if you get two out of three, you're OK. I feel like he was kind of building on that here, which I think gave him a nice opportunity to decide when it was done, when it stopped being fun. I think that uh, we would have seen a lot more of Ron hiding in their pants. That was introduced once they were in jail, so technically it's not there yet. But I think you're right. He would have he would have ended up in his pants somehow. Like just hiding, doing a rogue thing and just like hiding behind like Daryl. Bonus action hide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did he get from wearing his MeUndies boxers to um wearing super stretchy pants not necessarily super stretchy just like many what if they picked him up like when they were stuck in the pit like what if there were like dead person's yoga pants right there and they just happened to be <laughs> tall and curvy and so he just yoink like i i imagine that's how it was like oh hey look a pair of pants <laughs> so that that was the thing there's probably already discarded clothes in the other pit too mm, unless they've got a locker room or something so what happened off camera is that ron went around and scavenged like 50 pairs of pants when no one was looking and then he put them all on ron's yes. a never knew so <laughs> <laughs> of course here's what else would have happened too knowing anthony at this point as well as we do they would have had to kill the puppy because oh. the puppy would have been evil the puppy is the big bad evil guy of the entire campaign he's the purple robes yeah yeah because no. this is dungeons and daddy's a conditional morality podcast and they would have to deal with the concept of this thing that looks so cute is going to kill us Oh my gosh. When they try to kill the dog, it just looks at them with sad puppy dog eyes and like whimpers. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they turn around, like claws come out, tearing teeth and, you know. Although, do you think that the dog was there as like a fightable monster or was it there as a combatant? It was still alive after the last batch got hauled out, I think. Okay, so they would have had to fight the dog and Daryl, being an established dog lover, would not have been able to. I don't like this. <laughs> okay. All right. So. That makes me so sad. Unless it's like an evil dog. I've had total bastard dog. It's a very evil dog. When we got Mr. Goose, they're both rescues. So when we got Mr. Goose, Pixel was my dog. She'd like sleep with me, lay on my head, all that stuff. And for a Corgi, that's heavy as hell. Just FYI. <laughs> uh, the second that we brought Mr. Goose in the house, she looked at me in the eye and peed right in front of my face and then like snorted turned around scratched her paws and wiggled away i was so mad wow what an alpha move like that so i'll just think of it like that because i was really mad in that moment so that's who this dog is angry peeing puppy on the floor yeah i mean that tracks and i'll pitch you this mechanical just looks really upsetting total robot what were those dogs in the 90s that i definitely had one of that was like what, was it like a Puccino or like a robot dog thing? Oh, like those little, like those, the, those yeah. Ibos. Ibos. Yeah. Or... I didn't have the, the high class one. I had a sort of like mid-grade guy. So like a puppo. Mm -hmm. 
that may have been it. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a Google. But so what you're saying is that the dog was a construct of an artificer from yes. somewhere mm -hmm, else mm -hmm. in the pit. And it has like a demon in the center of it. I just feel like if the challenge should actually been, can you roll dice and play D&D better than the NPCs? That would not have been yeah. what he was trying to have happen. There's something evil and twisted in there. Yes. There's something very unexpected. So what you're saying is that a small furry animal that looks mm -hmm. cute and is powered by a demon in the middle of the fight pit. So what you're saying is that there was a cat out there. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Oh my God. I hate you. No. Everybody take a D4 right now. <laughs> All right. So I feel like that we've buttoned up the episode. Yeah. So the dads would have been distracted by the dog and have done their own thing. So that's what would have happened. Definitely. And moving on to the random plug where we let the guests plug what they are into or doing. Tell us. Do you want to go, Steph? You go first, please. <laughs> Can I just do a dad formation instead of a plug i don't see why not okay here's what i have to say to everybody as your mom now that it's all gonna be okay and nothing about you will ever be wrong Aww. that's what i have to say <laughs> well now i feel like a jerk but i'm gonna vote myself because i am a hustler so <laughs> that's it. always good always there hustle. is no shame in the hustle mm -mm. All right, so uh, let me see. I am a photographer. Uh, you can look up my stuff on Instagram as Hey It's Boxy or Boxy Studios, two X's. Uh, I am actually in a really gritty documentary that talks about the music scene history in Bakersfield, California. You know, the place where uh, Buck Owens and Corn are from. And uh, the documentary is called Bones of Brundage, and you can actually check it out for free with Amazon Prime. So if you like music or want to see me with my funny Dutch accent, Anthony Birch, uh, check it out. Do that it. sounds great. If you want, book me. I travel and I'm a darn good photographer. So that's what I have to say. All right. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and kill this episode. Thanks again, guys. I'm not Beth May and she's not here to send us out. More theme music goes here. This podcast was created and produced by a naked group of volunteers. Talking Sons was mastered and edited by Agniti. Our theme music is Madness is Everywhere by Lobo Loco. Find the Talking Sons podcast wherever fine podcasts are rented, or follow us on Twitter or Facebook via the at Talking Sons handle. If you enjoyed this community episode and would like to be a part of one in the future, ask around the Right Dungeons and Daddies fan communities and you'll find us. Did Henry and Daryl kiss in episode three? No, but they got real naked. <laughs>